on this week's show, as some automakers take the steel versus aluminum struggle public, there's no doubt which product our guest prefers, and he'll tell us why. Coming up next on AutoLine This Week. And now, here's your host, John McElroy. I want to thank you for joining us on AutoLine This Week. Today we're going to be talking about light weighting and especially using aluminum to make cars lighter for better fuel economy and lower emissions. And that's because we've got our special guest today, Marco Palmieri, the president of Novellus North America, one of the big players from a supplier standpoint in this field. Marco, welcome to the show. It's a pleasure to be here. Thanks for inviting me. Also joining us today are Alisa Priddle from Motor Trend Magazine and Richard Truitt from Automotive News. Great to have the both of you here as well. Great to be here. Marco, I gotta believe that this is one of the best times for any aluminum company. The automotive industry is under enormous pressure all around the world to improve fuel economy and reduce emissions. And making vehicles lighter is one of the key ways to do that. And of course, aluminum is a lightweight material. Is that true? Do you see this as maybe sort of the golden age for uh, an aluminum supplier company? Absolutely. It's, it's a major transformation for the industry. I compare that to what happened maybe 30 years ago in North America when we changed from steel cans to aluminum cans. That was a major change in the industry on those days. And today with the change in the automotive industry, somewhat similar to what happened on those days. Uh, we are seeing every year more companies get involved in light and weighting their cars. Almost every automaker in the world is working programs to, to reduce the weight of their cars. And aluminum is a great material to, to, to help them to achieve that goal. Do you see that same kind of conversion? You mentioned uh, cans, and that, that, that's a good point. I'd forgotten about that, that cans used to be made out of steel. Do you think that we'll look back at some point and say, oh yeah, I remember when cars were made out of steel? I don't think we'll get to that point. Uh, I, I do see a, a world in where the cars and the vehicles will be multi-material cars, mixed material cars. I think there is space for everyone. Aluminum, steel, high strength steel, uh, plastics, composites. Uh, but for sure, aluminum will have a higher share than what we have today, you know, and, and it's probably still losing share. But I don't see the day that that, that is just, just going to be aluminum or any other material. Well, the Ducker report, they've always forecast that about 18% of vehicle bodies will be aluminum by 2025. Obviously, other, a greater percentage of other parts, but the full body. Do you think, are we on track for that, or do you think those numbers could change? Uh, the... If you go back two years ago, the, the Dukeries third uh, forecast was that by 2025, the weight of aluminum in cars, in average, would be 540 pounds per vehicle. The latest study that they released, which was 2014, that number came down to 500. Uh, it's a small decrease in the aluminum penetration, uh, but it's still a big increase from today where we are below 400. Uh, pounds per car, uh, which means that the penetration of aluminum in cars is happening at a slightly lower pace than was anticipated two or three years ago, but it is still happening big time. Do you think it's because 
everyone thought when Ford switched their F-150 over that a lot more automakers would follow suit very quickly. And we're really not seeing that. Instead, we're seeing more mixed material I, I, movement. I think that played the major role in the, in, in the, in the forecast for Ducker in 2013, because when, when Ford made the decision, announced the decision to go all aluminum with the F-150, the expectation was that everybody else would follow. Mm -hmm. Uh, but at that time, if you remember, uh, there was a lot of skepticism about Ford's decision. Uh, a lot of people did not believe that they would be successful. Uh, and, and now, after three years after that, uh, it's a huge success. Ford is selling trucks like, you know, never before. They just announced the best quarter ever in the first quarter of this year. And it, this is a lot due to the, the F-150. And, and, uh, but the other automakers did not follow in the way that people thought. But what we see more and more is, is really a trend towards mixed materials. That's, that's a, a, a really big trend we can see now. Marco, is today's low fuel prices making some automakers sit on the fence about committing to aluminum? I mean, if the, if the price of gas is going to be cheap, is it, do they still need to lightweight as quickly as they thought That's they That's a very good question. And I think that, that uh, in my view, the, the fundamental driver for, for lightweighting the vehicles is, is, is not really the gas price, it's, it's, are the emissions. Mm -hmm. uh, and the emissions don't change with the gas price. Uh, of course, that with low gas prices, people go for bigger cars and they, they have less concern with how much money they spend with the fuel. But, but the, the environmental uh, requirements of the world will continue to, to put pressure on, on, the, the, on the OEMs to, to reduce uh, the fuel consumption, regardless of the price of the fuel. Uh, of course, that, that will play a role in the, perhaps in the time that you take to, to, to make the conversions, but that will still happen. Marco, it's interesting what you're saying uh, about uh, mixed materials being used. Ford has gone all the way with the body of the, the F-150 pickup and went all aluminum. Do you think they might back off from that in the future uh, to lower cost, maybe use more ultra high strength steel instead? Or, or do you think they're fully committed to aluminum? So far, they are fully committed to aluminum. The program is going extremely well. Uh, the, the F-150 is a huge success in the market. Uh, we just hear good things about the F-150 in terms of uh, price. The price is, has not gone up as people were expecting. Uh, a lot of talking about maintenance costs, and all we hear is that there is not much difference in reality. But we, in, what Ford's competitors tell me is by going all aluminum, they probably have about a $1,000 cost disadvantage versus say like at Chevrolet or at Ram that use primarily steel. So it, with trucks, of course, there's big profit margins. They can afford to eat some of that. But if that's right, a, a $1,000 cost disadvantage, that, that's a lot of money. I agree with you. But uh, if you look the way Ford did this program and with the closed loop recycling, the advantage they get by recycling aluminum, I don't think the difference is that high. Hmm. I, I'm not a Ford guy. I cannot speak on behalf of Ford. Uh, but if you see the entry price for the F-150, it's not that higher than the prior year model, uh, which means that Ford is still making a lot of well, money. Well, you have to price to be competitive. Yes. You know, even if your costs go up, you yes, have to price for the market. But if you look at the margins that Ford reached in North America in the, in, in the first quarter, 
it's very health margins, <laughs> <laughs> which means that they are making money out of these cars. And yeah. we all know that a lot of the profits that Ford makes comes out of the F-150 and the, the, and the stupid duty. Right. You know? So how involved are you as they're developing these um, vehicle programs? You know, how, how much are you involved in, in helping design the vehicle, working on the adhesives, the different we, joining we, mechanisms? We, we don't work in designing any vehicles. What we, we, we are part of the, let's say, the material solution for the vehicle. Uh, we try to develop our material that, that suits our customers' specifications, which varies from customer to customer depending on the joint technology and other factors. Uh, but we, we like and we normally are involved from the beginning of the program mm -hmm. because then we can do a much better job because we can always change a bit our alloy or change a bit the heat treatment we do with the aluminum to make it more compatible with our customer process uh, and to get a better product. And have you changed it between the F-150 and then what they need for the Super Duty? Have you had to change there the are material very there much? There are differences for some parts. Some parts are common, but other parts, the requirements are different. Then you need to do some small changes in, in, in the material, yes. Mm -hmm. And then as you go forward into SUVs, do you have to keep changing it a little bit? Or? It, it all depends on if it's all aluminum is one thing, it's, it's mixed materials, a different story. Uh, if you look at the CT6 for uh, GM that was just launched. That's a great example of a mixed material uh, vehicle. It's 62% aluminum, mm -hmm. uh, very high penetration of aluminum. It's not the same spec aluminum as the F-150. There are differences. Of course, I, I, I'm not going to, to give details here, but it's not the same, the same aluminum, you know. Uh, and and this, this is a very nice example of the future in my view where you have really mixed materials playing uh, uh, the role. And, and the CT6 is 220 pounds lighter than an equivalent sedan, which is a lot of weight savings. Uh, and and uh, is being made in the US, is being made in China. This is the first uh, high penetration aluminum uh, automobile in China. Uh, are, you supply, uh, are you supplying to China too? Oh yes, we have, we have a facility in China to a cash line in China, which mm -hmm. is a facility to, to make automotive shit, and, and we are supplying GM there. Yeah, mm -hmm. absolutely. Mm -hmm. We are partners with GM in that and in here for that program. Yeah. Not we are one of the leading suppliers for that program. Not too long ago, I, I got a chance to go to the, the plant in Hamtramck and watch the CT6 being made. A lot of aluminum welding there. And we know Ford puts together the F-150 mostly with bonding and riveting. Do you think aluminum welding is the future of joining aluminum panels in cars, or do you think it's going to continue to be riveting that's, and bonding? That's a, that's a very good question, and I'm not sure if I'm the most qualified person to answer that question. What's uh, your gut feel? I, I, I think both, both, both technologies are very good. Uh, both have their space. You also have laser uh, welding yep. that, that plays a role in that. Again. Different OEMs have different technologies, they have different competences, mm -hmm. and they try to leverage their competences, which is normal. Uh, I, I don't think there is better or worse, they are just different technologies for different applications. R Richard, doesn't GM believe that it's got an advantage, that it has a new aluminum welding process, and that's probably why you're seeing that? Yeah, actually, the way GM can set up their aluminum manufacturing is they can use their existing manufacturing footprint in other words, they can take the robots they have there and just slightly modify them, and, and they can weld aluminum. And they also have a small part of the CT6 
where steel and aluminum are welded together. It's a little bracket in the hood. That's an industry first. So if you look at what Ford did, they spent almost a billion dollars to tear up two plants to do this riveting and bonding, and GM is going to do it a little differently. They're going to keep their manufacturing mm. footprint the way it is and save a lot of money that way. I think adhesives oh. is the other thing, too, that adhesives. is going to make the, a difference the difference in the between materials. what Ford did and what GM is doing is that in the, in the Ford's case, it's a now aluminum vehicle. Right. They had to change everything. Yep. Uh, when you go for mixed material, then that's why my my view uh, the the future is mixed material mm -hmm. because it, it it's cheaper to convert yep. uh, and probably cheaper to operate the the, the, the and, and that's if you can hit your weight targets yeah. because you can through, yeah. but so far the the fuel economy and the c o two emission requirements for pickup trucks have been relatively easy after twenty seventeen it really starts to get tough Absolutely. and so what Ford has told me is just wait. General Motors and, uh, and FCA are going to have to go all aluminum with their trucks, too. Do you see that as happening, or do you think that they'll, they'll be able to meet those weight targets with multi-materials? Steel, aluminum, yeah, fiber? Yeah, again, it's, it's a very good question. We, we, as you know, we talk to all OEMs. Uh, we, we, we do know what they have in mind. Uh, I have to be very careful with what I share here. Uh, I, I see more a world of multi-material than a world of uh, AIV uh, vehicles. Yeah. AIV being aluminum-intensive aluminum vehicle, vehicle, right? Yes. Yeah. That's what I see more mm -hmm. coming in the future. Yeah. Uh, through that, you can achieve the, the, the mass reduction that you need. Again, you may see some conversion in some models, uh, but not, not a huge conversion like Ford did with the F-150 and the Super Duty. We talk about cars that sell 700,000 units a year. That's huge, you know. That was a very bold move from Ford, you know, and, and it's not easy to make that call. Mm -hmm. Mark, I wanted to ask you a question that we don't delve into too much, any of us, but when it comes to aftermarket repair parts, the ones that are not made by manufacturers, they're all been steel. But as we see more and more aluminum vehicles, will we see um, non-factory branded aluminum repair parts like fenders and hoods? And if so, will Novellus be the supplier of the aluminum for that? We supply some aluminum today for some uh, tier, tier 1 and Tier 2 guys, and they do some aftermarket. Mm -hmm. uh, it's not a big market for us today. Um, most of what we supply is to the OEMs. But into the future, yes, the answer is yes. I, I, I see that happening, and, and we will be playing our role in that market, yes. Of course, that now is, is in the case of Ford, they have their shops right. to repair the F-150, and that requires training and, you know, some special equipment. Mm -hmm. uh, but but when, with more and more aluminum coming to the vehicles, that is going to get uh, spread all over the country. Then the aftermarket will be a, a big market, for sure. And as the demand for aluminum keeps sort of changing, I mean, there was this huge demand, and I think you something like tripled your capacity, or you know, in the, and, and, but then but then things sort of slowed down a bit, and and so you sort of and in terms of change some of yeah, your decisions. What, what, so what, what happens is we have a Novellus has a capacity, let's say, worldwide of three point four million tons of of products. What we normally do is change the, the, the amount we sell to the auto market or to the can market or to the, what we call specialty market. Mm 
-hmm. What we did in the last few years was to invest in auto finishing lines right. because of the growth in the in the in the aluminum in the automotive sector. So kind of changing from the beverage market from to the auto market, especially to the beverage. But we <laughs> yeah. did not increase our whole capacity. We continue to have 3.4 million tons capacity, mm -hmm. but now we sell more automotive and less other materials. Just to give you a sense for that, in our fiscal year 12. 5% of what we sold was for the auto market, just 5%. Uh, FY16 that just finished in March, that number was 15%. Mm. And, and we see that number in the very near future, in three years or so, even less, going to 25%. Will you continue to siphon aluminum from other businesses and put it into automotive, or are you going to have to increase capacity? Well, uh, we are a very pragmatic company. Uh, we don't make investments if we don't have firm commitments from the OEMs. Uh, we don't, you don't see us doing that. Uh, therefore, the lines that we are building, and like the cash tree line that we will inaugurate in Oswego uh, by the end of the month, is basically sold out already. Uh, and that's our business model, okay? If we get enough mm -hmm. contracts, to build a new line, then we will consider it. But, but we don't build in advance to have the capacity open. We don't do that. Mm -hmm. That's the way we play the market. Yeah. And then how are you handling just that the price of aluminum has kind of well, taken a nosedive? <laughs> the, the LME, aluminum is sold based on the LME, on the London Metal Exchange. Uh, and that, that, that we hedge. Everybody hedges aluminum. You can hedge well in advance. There are enough mechanisms to hedge and protect yourself versus the aluminum price. And this is uh, well known in the industry, and we can do that. So aluminum has been displacing steel, but now we see carbon fiber and magnesium getting more and more. I know you mentioned mixed materials, but do carbon fiber and magnesium and other lightweight materials keep you awake at night wondering? Not yet, places? not yet. It, it will come, but they are still very expensive. Mm -hmm. uh, of course, 10 years time, who knows? Uh, I'm not awake at, at night because of this. Not yet. <laughs> <laughs> not yet. That, that might be the key uh, rejoinder there. You know, I'm very interested in the company Novellus. My understanding is it came out of the old Alcan. It was an spin-off from Alcan. Uh, and just so the viewers know, it, you've probably heard of Alcoa, which stood for Aluminum Company of America. Yes. Alcan was, was Aluminum, Aluminum Canada. 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 Yeah. Yes. Uh, and and uh, in 2005, a decision was made to spin off uh, the ruling division of Alcan uh, to make it an independent company, and that was Novalis. That was the creation of Novalis. That was 2005. Three years later, Novellis was bought by the ABG group, which is an Indian group, Aditya Birla group. Now we are 100% owned by the Aditya Birla group. What is it about uh, India where, you know, you've got ArcelorMittal, the biggest steel company in the world, and you've got, uh, you, you called it AB? ABG. ABG. Aditya Birla group. Okay. Yeah, they own us 100%. And, and, and what, one of the major... Uh, other materials in the world, but especially aluminum. What is it about India that they're, they're so into the... Well, again, the ABG is a big conglomerate of businesses. Uh, they, they have all sorts of business. <laughs> they have textile, they have uh, mobile phones, supermarkets, clothing, uh, aluminum, uh, <laughs> copper. You know, they are a huge conglomerate, 41 or $45 billion business. 
and, and we are one of their businesses. That's the way they, 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 they play it. The same for the ArcelorMittal. Although Arcelor is more focused on steel, right. which is not the case for the Agitabilla group. Okay. They, they have more a portfolio of businesses. Hmm. But back to the creation of Novellis in 2005, that decision was made, and then Novellis was created, uh, which was, again, uh, in my view, a very good move because we are a very focused company. Our business is flat, flat rolled aluminum. Uh, and that has been our business for 11 years now, uh, and recycling aluminum. And, and we are improving our business model more and more, and learning more about that business model. With headquarters in uh, Atlanta. Atlanta, Georgia, yeah. but with operations we around have, the world. We have four regions. We, we, that's the way we, we manage our business. We have the North American region. Uh, we have the South American region, Europe, and Asia. Mm -hmm. uh, Europe is based in Zurich. Uh, Asia is based in Seoul, in Korea, and, and, and South America is Sao Paulo in Brazil. Mm -hmm. Now, you'd mentioned the recycling. You're doing a lot of work coming up with new alloys with your recycled aluminum? Absolutely. Uh, we, in the last five years, we increased the recycled content in our products from 33% to 50%. And that does not degrade Absolutely the, the not. material? That, by that's the beauty of aluminum, you know. Uh, it does not degrade the metal. Uh, and today, everything we sell, 50% is made from recycled aluminum. And I think you worked with Jaguar on the XE to come up with we a new We work with Jaguar. We just launched an alloy that is 75% recycled content. It's we call Rio Car. Uh, it's a great product. Uh, Jaguar, all their cars are 100% aluminum. That's the way they go about the business. Uh, and I don't see any changes in Jaguar. They, they, they want to continue with aluminum. Uh, we have a closed-loop recycling system with Ford. We collect the scrap. They generate it in their stamping plants. Uh, the scrap is segregated by alloy. Uh, then the scrap that they generate today in Dearborn in 48 hours or 72 hours, it's back to our plant in Oswego, and we make new, new, new ingots and new coils for them with the same material. How does that, that work? Beautiful aluminum. How, how does that work? <laughs> they they buy uh, coils buy of the aluminum. Coil, yeah. They stamp it out. They they take the scrap. Do they sell it to you? We buy the scrap from them, oh. and then we make new one, new coils and sell it back. <laughs> It, it's a beautiful system. They don't, just, <laughs> they, don't, they don't just sell to them. Ford separates the grades yeah. and actually transports it back to them. Yeah. They just do everything, they deliver it to them. That's wow. one of the keys to making the F-150 doable. Mm -hmm. we, right. have, we have, we have uh, um, four or five different uh, classes of scrap, and we got them all segregated because then the scrap goes back to the right alloy. Yep. You know, and that is all done without any manual interference. Uh, the trucks that brings the coil takes back the scrap. It's a very well designed system that we put together with Ford. Really a fantastic system. Did you do it with other people, or is, is it most? We do with Jaguar. We, we did with Jaguar. We also do with Jaguar. But mm -hmm. but the sophistication we have with Ford, we don't have with no one else. It's only Ford. Do you think anyone else will now? Oh yeah, it's, it's, yeah. It, that's a that's a beautiful system. Marco, I've heard, I've heard car designers say they like aluminum, but they feel that they can't, they don't have as much freedom to create curves and deep shapes and things because it's not as formable as steel. That's what are you doing to help the designers? You are getting to a point that this is really 
tech, technology okay. development. Yeah. We do have some programs in that area. Okay. Uh, we have some alloys that we are working on that are more formable. Mm-hmm. Um, and and uh, I would say there is one specifically that, that can, can solve that issue. We are running some trials as we speak with that alloy. Uh, and we are very optimistic that that can be the answer to that, that very concern. Okay. Yeah. And I wanted to ask you one other question. Um, today in the auto industry, saving money is a, a very big initiative. And we see Ford and GM building transmissions together. Would you ever work together with Alcoa? Would you ever do any projects with Alcoa? We don't have any joint development with them at this point in time. No, we don't have any. Okay. We are, we, again, not Novalis, uh, but Alcan uh, uh, had some partnerships with Alcoa. Mm-hmm. Uh, I worked for Alcan before. Uh, then we had partnerships in many companies. I was in the board of these companies uh, with Alcoa. But, but technical development, we don't do much together. No. What about under the Aluminum Association? You know, to, to Richard's point, the steel industry is really good at doing a lot of things cooperatively under their organization. You know, here in the U.S., it's uh, the Steel Market Development Institute. I believe I got that right. And yep. it's the American Iron and, or the, the International Iron and Steel Institute on a global basis. Do you do joint projects or any sort of collaboration under an industry organization? Uh, the Aluminum Association, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm part of the board of the association, too. We, 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 uh, it's very active, but more in the lobbying side of things. Uh, we, we don't talk about commercial issues there. We don't talk about joint developments there. We cannot do that under the, the, the bylaws of the association. Uh, and, and remember, Alcoa and us, we are big competitors. We, we compete very hard in the marketplace. And, and, and that's why it's, it's somewhat difficult to, to work together. Uh, but, but in the future, who knows? They are splitting the company now. They are following what we did years ago, which is great to see that, that, that Alcoa is doing the same that we did 11 years ago. Uh, somewhat it proves that our business model makes sense. Uh, and, and who knows the future, you know, we may, we may start to have more cooperation. Well, of course, you're, you're going through probably one of the best business times in the history of the aluminum industry, at least from the automotive industry standpoint. And you know, when things are going great, the pressure is not on to do some sort of collaboration with others. But with that, we're going to have to wrap up this discussion. Marco Palmieri, thanks so much for coming in and sharing what's going on at Novellus and with aluminum in the automotive industry. Very thank interesting. Thank you. Thank you. And of course, i got to thank Alisa Priddle and Richard Truitt. Thank you guys for helping to ask all the questions. Oh, our but most of all, we have to thank all of you who tuned in. <laughs>